0: This is for the action takers, creators, status quo challengers, those in love with the process, hungry for knowledge and questioning everything. Here to optimize today and fulfill the potential of tomorrow. Why? Because it's in our nature. Welcome to the Pure Sport Project with your hosts, Grayson Hart and James Dollar. Dude, aka Jimmy Dazzler. Welcome back, bro. 2023, the year of tearing at a new one. How are you? I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm good, bro. I'm just happy to
1: be here. After Christmas, you come back with a new energy. Yeah. Last year was a long,
0: hard year for a lot of people. It was a tough and challenging year in many regards, but those years are sometimes the most rewarding, and it's how you look at it. So actually... Looking back on reflection, I feel like I was a young whippersnapper that got thrown to the wolves and battered and bruised and defeated out on the rugby pitch and then went back in the changing room, reflected on the game and was like, actually, you know what, we did our best. So I'm excited about the lessons and what we've all learned collectively and yeah, just excited for the fact that we have this opportunity to be building this business and providing great products and
1: building an amazing community. So I'm grateful and it's good to be back. I felt like last year was some hard yards, you know putting the groundwork in, but I feel like this year we're off to a good start already. I think this year compared to last January, I feel like there's a better energy in the office compared to last January, which was I think was tougher. Eh?
0: Yeah, I think when you first joined, you were our first full-time employee yeah you the, the reason I asked that without certainty is because Georgia, my little sister who was working remotely, but not full time, but she likes to try to argue that she was before you. But the thing that I've learned about business is when you're like a really small team, everyone's so closely connected. Like there was, when there was like three, four, five of us, you can't help but all be on board. Like you can't not communicate with each other. And then you're all kind of aligned and exactly what you're doing. And and as that team grows, you need to be mindful and conscious of how you're creating a culture and communicating and I think one of my biggest lessons was when it's like a small group of three four five of us because those connections so close that culture almost builds itself whereas when you build out a team and for example you go out and hire people who have expertise so you're bringing them into a team that they might not be as aligned culturally like off the bat with that doesn't just take care of itself so I learned a lot we got up to a team, I think it was like 14 at one point, and we made some mistakes in the hires, which affected our like culture and some of the like feeling amongst the team. And I put my hand up and say like, I'm learning and I got it wrong. I hired people solely on expertise. And I thought the strength of us and what we're doing could bring them in and they'd learn that culture and be part of it. But, but expertise is one thing, but buy into the brand and the vision, that's gotta be the priority and that's just the learning and like some of these people that came and went last year they're great people and they were great at what they do they just weren't the right fit for what we're doing so that definitely affected us and that was a big learning but i say that because that's a huge focus for me this year is identifying how to build like an amazing team culture where people are buzzing and thriving and seeing their progression and growth and that's been a, that's going to be like a big focus for me because you know like i'm the first to say it. i'm thrown in the deep end because business is growing like quicker than i thought it would or i didn't even realize what it meant to try to run a business that's so growing i was naive when i started i was a rugby player i wasn't like this guy who's thought of myself as an entrepreneur but My viewpoint is you just learn as quickly as you possibly can. You know you make mistakes, but you learn from those mistakes quickly. And just, you know, try to look out for people along the
1: way and not sort of, yeah, try to do your best by the people around you. Yeah, I think when I spoke to people about it, I likened it to like being part of a family. And for you, it literally was. You had Chelsea and Georgia, both part of the team. And I think the way that we were all so close together with Will and Dan During that period, it was very much like a family. And I think maybe that was fortunate, but also unfortunate that maybe we took it for granted and thought other people that were going to join the business would also just slot in like they were family. And some people maybe don't fit that mold, but that was something I took away. And I was like, well, I feel like having that culture of like a family mentality, then everyone goes above and beyond for each other in terms of like the extra bits that they do and, you know, how they are accountable to each other and stuff like that, which maybe some people it's not the right fit for them. But I think when you do find those people, they slot in so seamlessly and easily that you just want to find more people like that. Yeah, you're
0: right. And again, it's like understanding different phases of a business. Like when it was really, we were setting out on our journey, it was all brand new. And the only way for the business to grow was for me to get people like, you know, my wife, Chelsea and my sister, Georgia on board because the business wasn't of a size where I could just go out and like pick amazing talent to come work for us and the people that were willing and believed in the vision, you know, and were willing to do it for because they believed and they wanted it to grow were those closest to me and they were my family and and my friends. And like, again, yeah, like you learn so much from that because you can't expect other people to have that level of buy-in because they haven't lived next to me in the journey and, and know what it means, you know? So but then it's about finding ways to instill that like passion and vision in other people but again i I think the hiring process is a huge lesson in in many like startup businesses and i think it's another reason why like founders of startup businesses gravitate towards each other because there's all these challenges that no one else can relate to other than startup founders Mm -hmm. And like, I've been doing a lot of like, I love like learning and trying to understand new things and trying to problem solve and figure things out that I don't know and upskill myself. But like, I do a lot of like learning and of other like founders and businesses journeys. And one of the things I keep hearing, which speaks so true to me is like the founder in a startup is like the loneliest position. And I don't say that out of like, cause I like, was like, oh, I feel sorry for Grayson. He's lonely because I don't feel sorry for myself at all. Like it's an amazing opportunity. And I'm so grateful for it, but like, you do feel like very on your own sometimes, even though you're surrounded by an amazing team, because it's not their job to understand the levels of how your mind's working, what you're thinking, how the pressures that you feel, the levels of communication that you're having with literally so many different parties from like shareholders, manufacturers, all the different team members trying to understand those dynamics, marketing agencies, sales like so yeah it's it it can be daunting and lonely but it's also the way to thrive on it is to be excited by the challenge and like i'm like excited man so yeah it's 2022 i say it like in 2021 for example that was really our first full year as a business we were in like the championship so like the second tier and we were carving it up, and we are winning all of our games, and we were performing, and we were hitting our targets. And then we got promoted to the premiership, and it was almost like, okay, you know, you got to bolster your team, and you got to like up your training regimes, and your analysis, and and selection process, and like all these things to step up the level. But it's not until you get in them big leagues and play those games that you realise how fucking hard that is. So you can have the concept, of it, but when you're in it. Because most championship teams that get promoted, yeah, they bring in some new signings, they might bring in some different coaching and get some new f- facilities and do some more analysis and recovery. But they find out real quick that it ain't the championship anymore. And actually, what they say in sport is like, if you can withstand that first year in the championship and build momentum and learn those lessons and then further bolster what you're doing, that's the momentum you need to build success. And I really do believe like, there was times where we were like, holy fuck, the premiership is way harder than what we thought. And I guess what I mean by that, the analogy I'm using is we got a certain level of growth and we had an ambition to achieve further growth as a business. And we raised capital and, and then we realized to achieve that growth, that's like playing in the bigger leagues, you know, and it's, it's a new game. But honestly, personally, like I've learned so much from the challenges. And I'm sitting here saying like, it might sound like things were bad. Like we had an amazing year last year. We achieved so much. We saw like some great revenues, built our brand, so many good things. But I guess what I'm saying is it was fucking hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but that um, kind of goes into 2023. We've got a few mottos kicking around for 2023 already. And one of them is sometimes the best way to do it is just to do it. And honestly, I think last year, the learning curve that not only myself but pretty much everyone else in the team was on the only way you actually learn that quick is by doing it and I felt like it was like there was a problem you got to find a solution yesterday do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and without that urgency I don't think my level of understanding and my analytical eye and how to work with other people would have developed as quickly as it did last year but that is sometimes the best way to do it is just to do it right
0: yeah and it's funny because People around here that like, I don't know, I've always loved quotes, man, because it's like what that quote brings out in you and what you may have and what you want to like understand and delve into further from that quote. So that's why I love quotes from like people who have achieved amazing things or are inspiring. And then the other day, Dan, because he knows I love quotes, he he said to me, Oh, so Grace, give us a quote for this. And I kind of, I'm going to have to find who, it's obviously such a simple quote, but quote I gave back was sometimes the best way to do it is just to do it and he thought I was joking he thought I was just like this made up quote that I made (laughs) up but actually when you delve into that quote it's fucking so meaningful like it sounds so simple but so meaningful like you can see this example in so many places in life whether it's sport business whatever it is Yes, it's good to gather the information and to understand what you're trying to achieve and have an objective, but you have to just do it. The only way to truly learn is to do something and keep doing it. And then with the view of evolving it and maximizing it and pushing it and learning and growing. And especially in a startup business, like you're not of the size where you've got the, all the time and resource in the world to try and like analyze and plan everything. You just got to do it. And then you got to learn, and you got to adapt, and you got to improve. So, and actually, if you delve into a lot of the most amazing people in the world, like they just say, taking action is the most powerful step. Chris Williamson is a is a cool example because I heard him talk about his podcast. He's like one of the top podcasts out there right now in terms of sharing insightful knowledge and information on how to you know, optimize life, looking at the philosophies of productivity and learning and culture and all sorts. And he, he actually said, he looks back on some of his early podcasts and he was like, holy shit, that's so shit for, for where he is now. But he was doing it and he stuck at it. And he talks about this moment where after like 250 podcasts or something, on his 250th when he woke up and there was more downloads on the 250th than there was on the whole other 250 before. And to me, that's an example of like taking action and just going and doing it and doing it and doing it and then learning and evolving. And then there's like, it can be a tipping point, but it's, it's almost like you got to love the process of the taking action and learning and take pride in that. And It's like that example that we've spoken about, JD, that famous image of like the two guys who are mining and they're they're both got their pickaxes and they're like tunnelling away to try find the diamonds and they're both tunnelled and they're both separate tunnels and then the image one guy's given up and turned back and he's this far away from cracking the diamonds and like so we don't know when that uh, momentum shift will take place but you've got to fall in love with the process. Like you've got to take pride in the process. That's what that quote means to me.
1: Yeah, I think it was actually on the Chris Williamson podcast as well. And I think you've, you've listened to this one as well. He was talking about how many people have like strategist or strategy in their LinkedIn bio or like credentials. And there's honestly so many, and a lot of people love the idea of being like, I'm gonna come up with this strategy. I've got this idea about how I'm gonna do this thing. However, the amount of people that actually go and take action, and do the thing that they say they're going to do. I think a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this myself as well, is sometimes I need. I feel like I need all the answers and to have figured it all out before I even get going. And I think it's like, as long as you've got about 60% of the understanding, just get going and you'll figure the rest out as you, as you go and just execute the things that you do know and refine it as you go on. And that's exactly what Chris Williamson did. He, you know, records 250 episodes. And he looks back on those episodes that he first recorded and maybe he didn't think they were great, but the fact that he actually started and kept going and going and his his techniques got better and better and better. And he learned as he went. And then he got to that point where he reached that threshold. And even now I know, like I spoke to him a couple of days ago and he's still refining his technique and the fact that he's got David Goggins to come onto his podcast and it's like the second podcast he's done in like four years the other one he did was Joe Rogan speaks volumes of like how good his podcast has gotten at the beginning he was like me and you now shooting a podcast no like real experience of how to do it but just getting it done yeah no exactly it's I think it's actually
0: some a topic that needs to be shared amongst people more regularly like because I feel in this day and age everyone's looking for that big boom or like that big step that's going to change their life and if we're looking at life in that way we're like living like a means to an end you know it's like we are living our whole life for this one moment we're like we succeed and actually I really think that that's not a healthy or like a happy way to live your life like you might have a big ambition but if you're looking for like the secret magic bullet to bloody unlock it or you believe that you are gonna be feel better as a human being when you achieve that goal, it's like the rest of your life becomes like a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Whereas my view is like if we have the ambition and the direction that we wanna go, but we trace it back to what things we need to do in our life and the way we need to live and the outlook we need to have and the habits and the routines then that's rewarding in its own that's rewarding in itself and you can be proud of a life that's well lived and then that actually for me is a way better outlook on how to achieve your ambition and like i feel it's quite obvious but I, people overlook it often as like there's a lot of successful people that have achieved big dreams that are not happy, man. Mm -hmm. And I feel it's because they don't, they've not appreciated the
1: the process. You know, I think a lot of people want that overnight success and they want, they want the thing without having earned it. Do you know what I mean? And I I don't know about you, but like I've got a big goal this year. Like I want to run a sub three marathon, but I know if I could wake up tomorrow and do it, I probably wouldn't value it. It's the fact that I've had to like put myself out there and put the training in and all those little training runs, you know, like the fact that you're making progress and there's little wins along the way, that's the most rewarding process is like actually doing the work to get to the goal. It's not necessarily the goal It's the thing that's actually rewarding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, well, firstly, it's a big sacrifice for you, bro, because your reputation as a crossfitter, you know, is fading and you're not able to lift as heavy and, uh, was Go good in the wads. So, <laughs> you know, that big part of your identity, nah, you're still
1: going good in the cross. That's why I've got my alter ego, Jill Dooge. That's the identity.
0: Yeah. yeah bro, you're not as thick as you are. I, I like this more streamlined JD, J- bro, You know, I think it's more like, a bit more like, how would you say, like a bit more ed- editorial, you know, but model oh, yeah. vibes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, you just need to bring the mullet back. But now nah, I think you look at people who have achieved, like you speak to a lot of Olympians and they speak about a moment where they worked, they gave everything to get to this competition in the Olympics and to have the goal they had and they achieved the goal. And then they're just like, okay, and they feel depressed because like, now what? But you can also then find examples of other people who have that ambition and that drive and that goal, but they knew that it wasn't going to changed the whole feeling of how they are within themselves but they were still driven to go after it and but they enjoyed they they learned to appreciate I don't know if enjoy is the best word because there'll be parts of any routine and training and stuff that maybe not so enjoyable but you actually learn to like step back and be like this only be a means to an end. I want to be able to live my life and, and like be proud of the way that I'm living my life and that be a success too. And I feel that outlook is way more healthy for whether you do achieve your goal or not, regardless of whether you achieve it or not. I think if you're looking at it from a perspective of like the process is just as important and I want to be happy and proud about it, I feel it can cut out that. Like one living like a means to an end and two, chasing that false illusion that you're going to feel better. Because mm-hmm. like I've had the fortune of, like, interacting with some like, amazing people that have had great success. And, like, you look at them in, on, like, social media or on, like, TV or on the sports field and you're like, that person must just be so happy and content with their life. And there's some very, like, very, very insecure, like, unhappy, discontent, high performers. Mm-hmm. But then there's some unbelievably happy and content, and it's almost like f- the way I experience there's two sides to it. There's like you can go out into the world and express your potential and your like your your love and your like energy out into the world from a place of like I am good enough as I am, and I want to do these things in a, as an expression of myself, mm-hmm. and then there's another one of I'm not good enough, I'm lacking, and these things are going to make me feel better, so I'm going to do all I can to try to get to there. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think that if you look at people in the world, you'll be able to pick up where they're coming from Mm -hmm. and because they carry themselves very differently
1: and their experience of life is very different. I learned this a few years back, probably like four or five years back, about if you do something out of fear. So like you pursue something because you don't want to do, you don't want to be a particular type of person, or you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh, you've become this person. So you pursue something because you don't want to become something else. That's the wrong way to look at it. And you should do it out of a, you want to become something or you want to, you want to chase these particular goals out of the love for doing it. And how, even though like you're reaching the same goal at the end of the day, I think how you feel about yourself and how other people will perceive you and the energy that you give off is very, very different. When I looked at life from that way, rather than doing things out of fear, honestly, it changed everything for me. I think, bro,
0: you're a philosopher. eh? You're like, um, you're modern day guru, bro. I think I honestly believe that that perspective is the most powerful perspective in the world, because, and if we all, I reckon, if we all took a moment to like reflect on our own experience, there's times where circumstances or situations have been really bad in ev- anyone's life. Everyone's faced difficulties in different ways. And some of us can be, like, way worse than others, but there's always, like, a relative sort of, like, outlook from, you know, who you are and where you're from and etc. And I feel we can, if we looked in, in our experience, there's times where circumstances or situations have been bad, but where we're coming from within ourselves is like, okay, that is bad, but I am okay and I will do what needs to be done to work through that. Mm -hmm. And then we can all relate to experiences in our life where maybe even a bad circumstance hasn't happened, but we're like worried about or we're, we're thinking about something that might happen, or maybe something bad has happened. And We're coming from a place within ourselves like, fuck, like my life, I'm fucked. Like I am not okay because of that situation. Mm -hmm. But what's crazy is like where you're coming from can shift. Like you can shift that perspective and the way in which you operate in terms of taking on that challenge or that bad situation or that potential bad situation your outlook is completely different and you show off as a different person. So for me, and I can say that like I've had so many experiences in my life where that's the case and I'm sure you've had plenty. Of, I think everyone can have, relate to that if we reflect within ourselves. Like, yeah, I've got so many examples. Like I got cut from my rugby team and, and that was my living and my life and like my dream and my identity and it was literally seemed like the worst thing ever. And then I stopped being coming from it as like, I need this to make me be okay to being like, to flipping, to be like, hold on, I'm still me. I'm still okay. I got this. And then my perspective shifted to be like, okay, it sucks, but I got an opportunity now Mm -hmm. to go after it and rebuild myself. And, and I'm, it's being able to understand that has been one of the biggest like blessings in my life. Like, because there's so many times in life where, when you're coming from that lack and like, I need this to be okay, you make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. The ability to shift that. And then I think we can all, we all know people in our lives that they come from that space more often than not. And you sometimes just want to, be like, bro, like, come on, mm-hmm. fucking, like, it's where you're coming from. Look at it differently. You
1: know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where people slip into the problems like I know you've spoken about this a lot about the instant gratification because they are pursuing something and they want that like that quick fix of like the main feel make themselves feel good. But actually in the long term, they're probably not doing the best thing for themselves. And that's across so many different categories of like buying things online, eating particular foods that are gonna make you feel good in the moment, but they're not actually gonna make they're not good for you in, in the long term. And I feel like a lot of people, because they're in that mentality of they're like I'm not worthy of something or I'm scared of something. They reach for these things that make them feel good in the moment, but not necessarily in the long run.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I reckon like the world we're living in right now is set up where those types of things are more accessible than ever. Your ability to get food or watch Netflix over and over and over or watch YouTube or just scroll on social media or buy shopping online. All this amazing technology that we've got has like made all those things way easier. But what that's done is it's made it way easier to distract ourselves from like our feelings. And the more we in my view anyway, the more we distract ourselves from our feelings, the more we suppress and then the more like there's just underlying tension or like issues that like are just fizzing away. Because we're not meant to feel good all the time we're human beings like your your mood shifts and changes when you're caught in these like instant gratification cycles what it is is it's like a distraction from your feelings and like people don't know how to feel bored anymore that's something that's scary man like i've become way more aware in the last few months of my phone and i used to be like really really good and aware with it of like not getting it because i because i they're designed to be addictive right all the social media and stuff and and i used to do and but with work and with pure sport i noticed how like habitual and addictive so waiting in queues and stuff i would never just wait i would always be on my phone and i feel like as humans, we're designed to have times in the day where you might you're not doing anything and even like you go to the gym now a lot of people that in between sets they're on their phone. And like so it's about like trying to understand ourselves and what how we can operate at our best. And like understanding things like that, instant gratification cycle and that like how dope like chasing dopamine works so that we can implement things to stop ourselves getting caught up in that. So that like our minds operate better and we're clearer, and we make better decisions, our mood's better, our energy's better. There was phases last year where I'd wake up, my alarm would go off. Habitually, I'd push my alarm off. I'd look at my phone. I'd be like, I'll check my email. I'll check my WhatsApp. Bro, it sounds simple, talking about it, like because I'm sure quite a lot of people like do that. But sitting here now, I actually can't believe how bad that was for me the first thing i did in the morning was flooded with problems issues people I had to communicate with things i had to do like literally from the minute i woke up our minds aren't designed Mm -hmm. to be bombarded like that and then i'd wonder why i'd get into the third fourth hour of the day and my mood would be down or be easily frustrated or like i felt tired or overwhelmed and it was because the way my day started was to be flooded with a whole lot of shit that I had to deal with. And what I've learned now is, and what I used to do off the back of like being a rugby player and just having like that need for like that routine and discipline is I've identified, I need to have a set routine and part of my set routine. And I'd like literally write every bit of it out, which is like the alarm goes off this time. You go downstairs at this time, you have coffee, you have your breakfast, you write your notes on a book, you read for this long, go to the gym. Like, it's literally that structured for me because I know that's what I need. Not everyone might not need that. But and in it, I say no phone until this point of the routine. And I can honestly say to you, it's the best thing I have done, like for my productivity, my mental health, my mood, energy levels. It sounds like just a simple thing, but if I could look at like, give people one bit of advice on like how you could do one thing to make your life better, don't go on your phone for
1: like, the first hour of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the dangers of these things like, don't get me wrong, like phones are unbelievable bits of kit, but there are also like massive downsides to them as well. And I think the dangers is like we. Both you and I we've spoken about this and we have an understanding of like actually they're probably not that good for you. And you you hear so many people say, Oh, I spend so much time on my phone, or I just reach for my phone in between things. But they don't actually understand why that's a bad thing because I just don't think people are aware of it yet. It will become like just second nature. People will know that, you know, you should limit your screen time and stuff like that on your phone or not pick it up at certain times in the day, first thing in the morning. And I feel like the more people know about it, the more people understand that actually they can feel better just in their day to day life by just mm-hmm. implementing these little things because they now have an understanding. And I think that's a nice little segue because I know we've been talking already for 33 minutes. We did come on to this to talk about the campaign that we've got coming up this year. But I think that's a nice little segue into the campaign that we've discussed over the last few weeks and that we're implementing starting as of next week, depending on when this goes out. But it'll be the 16th of, of January, just as I think people set these New Year's resolutions and it's roughly around this kind of time, maybe towards the back end of January where that motivation starts to die off and maybe that resolution that they were coming into into January, like all guns blazing and they were like, I'm going to smash this year. And then it kind of gets put to one side or they start to just drift away from all this motivation that they came into January with. So do you want to just kind of give an oversight of like what the campaign is, what it's called, why we're doing it? Yeah, just a few more details. Yes. Well, I've,
0: I think, like, naturally because of all the research and what we've all been doing to reflect on things ourselves here at Pure Sports, so we're ensuring that we're living our campaign. We've already been chatting about a lot of it in the mm-hmm. chat that you and I have had. But what we've identified is, like you said, a huge, like, part of Pure Sports' mission is to inspire people and, like, allow them to know that they are good enough, you know. And I think one of our biggest points of difference is – Our view of how we sell our products is to provide value to people, to educate and to inspire and build our community and create meaningful content so that off the back of that, people are drawn to, okay, shit, like these guys are inspiring and providing interesting information and they got these products that I'm learning about that can help optimize my life. I'm interested in that. And I feel our biggest point of difference from other brands out there in the wellness space is a lot of the advertising is around like what's wrong with you mm-hmm. and then being like this product is what will fix you. And don't be wrong, I think we all can like optimize and upgrade our like way of operating and functioning and mind and body. But we don't want to be a brand that likes creating a scarcity mindset in people. You know, it's about inspiring, providing value. And then through that, they want to come to our products from a positive view. And part of, going into this new year and like really reflecting um, on some of those challenges that I spoke about, about like, you know, getting bogged down or going straight on the phone or, and, and like the learnings that we've had from last year was around the new year period is obviously the time where so many people set goals and reflect on what they want to do differently, what they want to achieve. But the scary thing is in that around that February time, the majority of those have gone out the window because life's busy. It throws different challenges your way. You forget, you overlook, or you lose that initial motivation and energy. And the whole like ethos of Pure Sport is about like small, incremental, compounding, impactful routines. And it's how our products work. It's how our community works. It's how our educational and content works. And so, like, what better campaign to kick off the year than to help educate and inspire people about the fact that it's not about relying on your motivation or your goals that you set at the start of, at New Year's? It's actually about focusing on the routines and the habits that you can implement and understanding how to do that and how to make a routine turn into a habit that becomes something that's part of your lifestyle and how actually those habits and what you do in the small moments consistently are, are what actually unlock optimal performance and release your potential. And it's crazy, like you look at the most inspiring, successful people and the trait that they'll all speak about is they just do the little things consistently over and over and they let nothing derail them from those little things. And, and then the other one comes back to what you said there, JD, was Delayed gratification is something that they say a trait of optimal performers. Delayed understanding doing things that might not show you a reward in the right now, but you know are rewarding for you in the future. And learning to fall in love with those things and make them part of your life. And it fits so well in line with who we are at Pure Sport and all that we're doing. And so we've decided our campaign one, we want to intercept the fact that so many people fall off the bandwagon because they were they were relying on motivation and willpower. And we want to fill them with knowledge to empower them to continue actually focusing on the small steps rather than relying on like willpower and motivation. So I have, uh, our campaign one of the year is called Small Habits Unlock Big Dreams. And the whole thing is going to be about yeah, educating and inspiring and telling stories and getting people on board and buying into and being accountable and providing tools and knowledge on how they can lock a habit in rather than just be like a flash in the pan mm-hmm. and yeah i'm excited about it man and i and cool thing is in the true pure sport kind of like ethos we as a team are living our campaign so as you know jd We've all had conversations and sat down and we've filled out answers and then had conversations around them around what are the non-negotiable habits that routines that we are going to implement that we want to stick to. And we're agreeing in a period of time and we're going to work with each other and support each other and encourage each other. And if we're not doing that to see who fails or doesn't stick to them. It's about one day you might fall off or one week you might not accomplish all the things in the routine that you would like to achieve but it's how do we keep each other going and how do we keep each other accountable in a, in a
1: positive way. So that's
0: campaign one.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the accountability thing is key as well because you can set up these ideas and goals that you want to achieve, but sometimes actually just telling someone else about it and saying, this is what I'm going to do. That person every now and again may just check in with you and just see you know how you're doing. For example, our boy Dan Tem. He said he was going to drink four liters of water a day, I think, because he just said that he doesn't drink water throughout the day. And he obviously understands the benefits of hydration, not just for your kind of physical, but also like your mental and your ability to concentrate throughout the day. Like just drinking more water is just beneficial. So he's gone out and bought himself a big four liter bottle of water and he's just going to make his way throughout the day. And I know Brad next to him keeps an eye on him and just gives them a nudge every now and again and says you know it's like five o'clock and you've only drunk a litre you've got three litres before you need to get to bed just having that little bit of accountability I think really really benefits pursuing and being consistent and then you'll achieve that goal of whatever it was you set out to do
0: yeah like and a big part of what we're we're learning as we're delving into understanding habits and routines so we can bring it to life as so many people rely on their own mind to like remember something or like emphasize a habit or routine or a goal and we underestimate or we just think it's like cliche or not that impactful and so we underestimate how integral it is to stay aligned in your thinking and in your actions to a goal or a habit or routine um by actually tangibly bring it to life on paper Mm -hmm. and then looking at it and seeing it And it seems like, oh, yeah, that's just a concept. But actually what that does is the way our brains work is it's like the exam, you know, if you get a new pair of shoes or when when you get a new car and you start to see that everywhere, The, the shoes and the car were always there at that same level, but your brain is now aware of it. And the science has shown when you write something down and you, make it visible so you stick it on your fridge and you keep it in your notebook or you put it and you put on your notes and you have it in multiple places that works in your brain the same way as that how your brain works when it starts to become aware of things around you and that's like i used to think like i see it so sick of hearing about these like like spiritual like one like trying to be like guru sounding like influencers talking about like manifestation I feel like they kind of bastardized that word and kind of like ruined the uh, reputation of what it really is about. Mm-hmm. But actually if you think you take away those those influencer people who were sitting in Bali trying to tell you about manifestation and you think about what it is, it's living the values of what it is that you want to achieve or be. Mm-hmm. I break that down into a simple example. As a rugby player, I used to see young players come into our environment. And I used to be so in awe of some of these young guys and like say when I was like in my, towards the end of my career, like in my late 20s and you'd get these 19 year olds every now and then come in and they lived like so professionally. They were like so clear on what their objective was. They trained well and they carried themselves as a leader from the get-go. And I used to be like, fuck, how like, you know, and these guys were living the values and the routines and the habits of what their ambition was. So like, say they wanted to be a British Lion, but they had never even got a cap for their club team. It, say it was the Glasgow Warriors, but they, but they lived in the habits and the routines and the mindset and the standards of a British Lion. There's, infinitely more chance that you're gonna achieve your success and your goals and your growth by living those habits and standards. And and of course like they're not all gonna be like perfect, but like the fact that you're thinking in that way and operating that way, like that is manifestation. Mm-hmm. You know, people think, oh like I just put a picture up of myself in a British Lions jersey on the wall and I'm that's what I'm gonna be. No man. Like you gotta under you gotta delve in. Like I heard this cool story. Michael Jordan never stop trying to figure out how to live the most elite routines and habits and values to the extent where he was the best player in the world. He had won like the NBA like multiple times and he got invited to the, the All-Star game and he had had some injuries or whatever, so he wasn't sure whether he was going to go. But his reason for going was because he wanted to go and watch and see how the other best players in America were training, warming up, recovering because he wanted to see if what he was doing was the best and if he could learn anything from these guys, mm-hmm. like, and he was the best player in the world. It's like, so it shows that like the complacency for wanting to like live your values and improve in mm-hmm. the best and the most elite, they never allow that complacency to come in.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the best books that I've read in life in general, not just specifically around this, but is the book Atomic Habits. And it's all those little things, right? And it wasn't until probably a week ago, I understood why he called it atomic habits. And he basically said like the reason atomic goes so well with the word habit is because if you break it down into an atom and like these habits only need to be small, just like focusing on the little details here and there. And he likened it to, you've got all these tiny little changes that you can implement into your life. And they're the atoms, for example, putting out your running shoes and your running kit the night before. So when you wake up in the mornings there, it's obvious it's in front of you, it's easy for you to just put it on, get out for your run. That's like one small, an atom. However, if you start layering these together and all of a sudden, not only have you done that, but you've prepped your meal for the following day. So you're actually going to eat something that's good for you, good for your recovery you know, it's low inflammatory and it's actually going to help you. So you feel better the following day to do that run again, if you need to, rather than going and reaching and grabbing something that's this process and it's actually going to make you feel worse. If you start implementing all these little things, all of a sudden they build up together. So you've got all these little habits and atoms build up into molecules and compounds. And then what happens is the other word, the atomic, right? It's uh, the source of immense energy and power. And by putting all these things together, all these little things, all these little atoms, building them into compounds, or building them into routines of habits, all of a sudden you've become someone who's good at running because all you did was put your clothes out the night before and your running shoes and you actually made good food choices. And these were the little habits and they all add up. And all of a sudden you get good at running just from implementing these very small things. It doesn't need to be, you know, life changing. It doesn't need to be an overwhelming thing. If you want to go out and run your first 10k or run your first half marathon, look at all the little things that you're going to do implement them, layer them on top of each other, and all of a sudden that goal doesn't seem so far away because you've done the little things. Yeah. Wow, that's, a, bro,
0: that's a good breakdown, man. That's,
1: yeah. You're like an no, encyclopedic think, guy. You can thank James Clear for that, yeah. the examples.
0: Thanks, JC. But It's also like, I think, outline the importance of understanding like why you have a goal. And then like if you understand why and the why is actually true to you, then breaking it down into those routines that then become habits becomes so much more like, um, clear to you as to like why that's important. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have a goal that it's like a superficial purpose behind the goal Mm -hmm. and, and then, and then it's hard to break that down into smaller steps because it's like, it's not really that inspired or like, purposeful to them so like being like okay i want to achieve this goal in running because the why like running is something that i value in my life because movement to me is so important and if i run and have this goal it's going to create a lifestyle where like it's at the forefront of what i do and then if that truly means something to you And you have that goal of like X time in my marathon, and then I'm gonna break it down into like what I need to do. But there's so many people that wonder why they fall off the wagon with their like, what their their steps towards their goal, because their goal to them just was like something that they didn't even really care about to start with, you know, or it was like to impress someone else or to achieve something that wasn't like really, really true to them. So I think like actually taking the time. To really reflect on like what it is that you're going after.
1: There was actually a, I think it was the Hoopman and Rich Roll podcast I was listening to the other days, one of the older ones from a couple of years back on YouTube, and they were talking about this, and they were talking about like ultramarathon runners and like the, the feats that they do. You know, they just keep going and going and going, and the thing that separated the people that gave up and the people that carried on going was the understanding of like why they're doing this and the want like the, the want and the desire to do it was genuine. Mm. You know, those people that they're just like, oh, I, I like the idea of it, but I'm not going to actually go after it. They're the people that give up because they don't have that desire. And there is something built into you. I don't want to like get into the details of it because I don't understand it myself and I don't want to butcher the things. But if you are interested to go and watch that podcast, it's about halfway through and he talks about it. And he's like, these are the people because they have an understanding of why they're doing the things they're doing, you know, running these ridiculous distances. And there's like a, burning desire to achieve it that's like genuine and there's, there's actually like a physiological process that takes place to do with like dopamine and i don't know some receptors and stuff that keeps these people going like i don't know if you've ever been on a run before and it's actually part of your program and you're like right i'm doing this because i know doing this achieves the longer term goal and whatever it takes you get it done however if you go out and it's like it's just a wishy-washy training thing and you go out and it's a run that you don't necessarily have to do. It's much, much easier to give up. I found personally, it's so easy to give up. And sometimes you do, cause you're like, nah, it's all right. Like I've done enough. Whereas if it's like written down you're like, oh no, this is a step in a process to achieving a goal. Like I go out of my way to make sure like I tick it off and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. nah, man, it's
0: so true. It's like, yeah. Earlier last year, I was finding it was so hard to be motivated to train, and, and then it wasn't till I got to a point where I really reflected on like what's important to me in life, and I realised like I I, I want to feel good, like I want to have like a functional and energised, like an optimally performing mind and body and I knew that, like, the mind part was linked to, like, body. And it wasn't until I really reflect, because I was like, oh, well, my excuse was sort like, oh, well, like, and don't get me wrong, I was still, like, doing, like, lots of run clubs and training here and there, but I was never, like, anything, like, purposeful and consistent. And I was just fortunate, because of pure sport, I was still doing some stuff, but I didn't feel, like, like, really, like, purposeful with it. And it wasn't until I sat there and I was like, because I kept saying to myself, oh, well, it was easier for me back when I was a rugby player because I trained for a clear objective. Like I wanted to perform and I had ambition and drive and that was my purpose. And then when I, I kept like using that, I was like, oh yeah, because I'm just not, I don't have a purpose for it. And then when I stopped and reflected, I was like, how do I actually feel when I don't train consistently and purposefully? And I thought, I was like, my mood isn't as good, my sleep isn't as good, my diet isn't as good, my mind does not function as well, like my energy and my productivity are way down. And then I was like, I want to train consistently and purposefully because it makes my life better. Mm -hmm. It makes me perform and feel and function better. And that is something that is hugely important to me. And then so it wasn't till like I actually reflected, it and it like I was like, yeah, wow. like that that I set out a routine, and I wrote it down, and I set a goal to like stick to it for X amount of time, and then, and then what happens is at first you it's like hard it's quite hard like because you're you're getting back used to training and or like you're needing to make different changes in your like schedule and how how what time you get up and be more organized with food and da, 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 da so there's like challenges to it right but then you break through that point of like when you build some momentum with it and like when it comes to like training so i don't i feel like that doesn't take long until your body and your mind's like and then you're like how the fuck did i go without that it's, it's crazy but but i think what happens is and the purpose of big part of our brand and a big part of like doing these types of podcasts and stuff is like We want to remind people that our mind doesn't want to look itself in the mirror, but we got to fucking take that responsibility on ourselves because our mind wants to to distract ourselves from looking in the mirror and be like, no, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Because before, when I didn't do that and really truly reflect on it, excuses came so easy, bro, Mm -hmm. and they seem so true. It's like, oh, well, I don't have the motivation like I did as a rugby player and I'm not a pro athlete anymore. And also, I'm running a startup. I'm so busy. I've got so much on. And then it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's, that seems true. But actually, when you're like, hold on, bro. Check how much time you're on social media. Check what time you're getting up in the morning. Check all these things. you got fucking time, bro. Mm-hmm. And you find out why that means
1: something to you. There's no excuse. Mm-hmm. You do it. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do it is to do it. Yeah, real talk. So that's the saying of 2023. (laughs) But I I think the beauty of that is it's a feedback loop, right? So you've identified and you've put these things in place and been like, all right, I'm going to do the training because I know it makes me feel better, makes you concentrate more, makes you more productive at work. So the training feeds into that. And then by doing that work and being more efficient and thinking more clearly, you feel better about the day's work that you've done, which makes you just feel good. So then you go back and you're like, right, I've identified this habit of you know, doing the training and like, and then that feeds into you being more efficient. And then you just feel like there's a sense of accomplishment and you feel proud, right? You feel proud of yourself Mm -hmm. that not only have you gone out and done something, you're proud of your day's work. And then that all just feeds back into itself. And you you identify that, oh, this like routine, this cluster of habits that I do makes me feel fucking good. Mm -hmm. And then you can just add another one in there and see if that works. And you just keep feeding into it like that. And honestly, that's been a game changer for me that I know that having certain things in my day, honestly makes everything else feel better. And then that just becomes one big circle of like, just things that feed into each other that make me feel better. Yeah. And then you build momentum, right? Like your standards for
0: all the things that you do that when your mind's like cluttered and distracted and not able to like that point where you look yourself in the mirror and truly hold yourself accountable. You know, like things like little things seem like such a chore or a challenge, like cleaning up after yourself, like doing the dishes, doing the laundry, like when it needs to be done, and all these things. It's like, oh, it's like such a chore. Mm-hmm. But when your mind's operating with clarity and you're doing what's good for you, these things are all not a problem, man. You just do them. Mm-hmm. And that's, you almost find like a sense of like presence and amongst them. Like when my mind's like, before when I was in this, cluttered place last year or I wasn't training and I wasn't living in a, in a way that was right for me. I mean like thinking, oh fuck, I'm do the dishes, dish. I'm doing like, oh, design right. <laughs> and it's actually a ref- that is a reminder to us all to be like, how am I living my life? Because honestly, no one's gonna make you look in the mirror other than yourself. I guess I'm like kind of going on about it because I feel the world that we live in now, there's so much distraction pulling us away from actually take doing that reflection and looking in the mirror and being like, how am I living? Because getting caught up in like buying meaningless shit online, shopping, eating junk food, just binge watching Netflix, going like all bloody hours on Instagram, or whatever. None of those things in their own right, are wrong or the problem things like social media and like like food and online shopping, they're all like unbelievable like things that are like a, a, an amazing part of human evolution and technology so it's not them that is the it's how we're operating and why we're doing the things that we're doing but it, it's only us that can truly be like oh, how am i actually doing that and what do i need to do To do that better, Mm -hmm. or am I buying shit online to distract myself from the fact that I don't want to look in the mirror and be like, "How am I living my life?"
1: So I think by the time this podcast comes out, I think the the campaign will just about be live. So how can people listening to this? They probably they might have seen it on social media already, but how can they get themselves involved and maybe further their reading or you know set their own goals? set their own habits, set their own routines and be a part of like what we've just spoken about here and be part of what we're trying to teach people and educate through Pure Sport. Yes, yeah, so the, the, the whole part
0: of the campaign is like what you've said, it is is like raising awareness and like providing tools and information for people to understand, like actually like it's about the little things, about becoming proud and it's about implementing them and sticking to them and then the compound effect and the build momentum of that. So what we're going to do is like, we're also going to share like some cool like Q and A's and information with some of our amazing ambassadors who are elite performers to kind of share some of their routines and habits that they've got. But also we're going to then create like a little template that people within our community and our customers and, and stuff, they can actually fill that out and share some of the small but powerful habits that they want to implement and like a time frame that they're going to stick to. And we want to do that because it's going to allow people to make it tangible be accountable for it and be excited and proud about doing that and sticking to it. And so that's going to be a big part of it. So like, yeah, we're just keen to get as many people on board with that. We want to encourage you, we want to provide you tools and information as always, like we've got our community. So becoming part of that and we'll all be doing it ourselves all over the team here at Pure Sport. And again, like these don't have to be life changing drastic things. It could be setting a routine where I'm going to make my breakfast four or three mornings of the week, you know, rather than the one morning of the week that I currently do it. And I'm going to I'm going to read a book for 10 minutes before I go to bed rather than go on my phone and setting something that seems small but can have a powerful knock on. So, J.D., what's some of yours?
1: Mine are actually very simple. There's nothing too extravagant about them, but they work for me. I've tried them in the past. I know that doing these things actually really benefit me and they have like this knock on effect to other things throughout the day. So mine actually start the night before. And the first one being that I pack a bag for the following day. So when I get up in the morning, I don't have to think I'm not rushed around. Like I've got everything I need when I've actually got like a clear mind, my bag is ready to go for the morning. Then it's notoriously really bad at sleeping dislike sleep, I understand the benefits to it, but I have to physically like put myself in bed and know that I need to go to bed and fall asleep. So 10, 15, I, uh, put my phone away. I start reading a book. I'm reading emotion by design, one of your books. I've started reading that. That's the um, former CMO of, uh, Nike, so that's So, cool yeah, Probably got some tips. So. Mm. And then my lights need to be out by ten forty five. Like I'm one of these people that, you know, if I could stay up till two, three in the morning and have like two hours sleep that's me I'd do that but I know the benefits of sleep and the compound benefits of like getting consistent night sleep for the following day so I'm going to try that and see how it affects me and see how it improves my following day and then in the morning it's the most simple one in the world it is literally I wake up and I'll make my bed because it's very easy for me to get up I leave at you know like six in the morning just after it's very easy for me to get up leave that grab my bag and get out the door but for me to make my bed it's something that I've done for myself, for my future self. So it's like that instant gratification thing, right? I could just leave and get it done. I not have to think about it too much. However, if I make my bed in the morning, I know that when I come back in the evening, I've got a nicely made bed to get into, right? And then it may, probably makes my sleep better as well. Not only that, I've done something for myself. So throughout the day, it's like keystone habit of like you've done one thing, okay, treat yourself the same for the rest of the day. So make sure you eat well, make sure you take breaks, make sure you give yourself the rest that you need to, make sure you train and you feel good about yourself and you have good interactions with people. All these things just come from that keystone habit of as simple as making my bed, which might sound a bit lame, but it works for me. So. I think that's a cool example of something that like seems
0: like just this trivial thing, but it's a a personal standard. Like that's what I mean when what we're talking about when like we're so distracted in the world to just go out and like get on our phones and get caught up in that whole like instant gratification thing that we sometimes overlook the most simple thing like i think pretty sure like most of us got taught when we were kids like when you get to an age where you can make your own bed it's like it's a good thing to make your bed because mm-hmm. that's just like a personal standard that's like good to have mm-hmm. so i think like for me when i hear you talk about that it's like that is a personal standard of you doing something that you know is the right way to set out on your day so that you can take that small personal standard out into the other ways in which you do. There's some quote, I don't even know word for word, but it's like, how you do the small things is how you do the big things, you know? And and I, yeah, man, I just want to like, through our own learnings, and this is not us sitting here trying to like, preach to people or be like on a high horse we're doing this because we know how important it is for us as individuals too and we want to help share that with people and we're passionate about trying to share that and so yeah i think those are bloody good ones might be lame but they work how about you what are yours so the phone one for me is like a just absolute non-negotiable so i got a set morning routine and it's Laid out like all the steps, and part of that is going to the gym, and I won't go on my phone until my my morning routine's done. So it's get up, go downstairs, have coffee, have breakfast at the same time. I like I read a book, so part of my routine is read for fifteen minutes, and then go to the gym, have my shower, come get ready to come to work, and. So, so when I say not going, I'll listen to like an audiobook or a podcast while I'm at the gym, mm-hmm. but there'll be no like use of like messaging or um, uh, social media. So that for me, sticking to that morning routine is something that's like, for me, it's like, that's a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, the knock-on effect of knowing that I've done that and knowing that I've done all those things that are good for me, like the momentum that I get from that and as well like the resilience that I get for like when shit doesn't go my way during the day or there's a problem that arises or I can honestly tell you when I'm living in a way that I'm doing my routine consistently my outlook on things the way I interact with the world is different mm-hmm. so for me that's non-negotiable and then yeah I've committed a minimum of four like weight sessions a week because I don't know my I just I don't know whether it's because I spent pretty much my whole adult life training rigorously as a rugby player in the gym and out on the rugby field, but my body feel and my mind feel way better when I do like a hearty weight session,
1: you know, good old school prison yard workouts. Probably. Yeah, you're putting that size back on that alongside the market research product development that you're doing as well.
0: well we got this product that we're working on.
1: It's been quote unquote, not by me.
0: Nature's anabolic steroid without the negative side effects, and as you know, some scientists said, you better get on this while you can because it's so performance enhancing that they'll ban it soon. So, proof
1: is in the pudding as well. That's what I'm saying. I
0: mean, I've been I've been <laughs> going to the gym doing like twelve sets of bench and then coming.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that a thing? Like just I when you just go to the bench, gym and do bench. Yeah. yeah so m-
1: my school, the social hierarchy of school was done on what your max bench was. So this is like 17, 18 year old lads. And we had a whiteboard in the gym and on that whiteboard had every lad in those two years, their name was on the board and then it had your bench on it. Right. And yeah. genuinely it was like, Will you on the hierarchy? I was probably, I think I was top 10. Well, you got a decent chest on, you go. Yeah, but it's all for for looks, It's purely aesthetic. it doesn't do anything. It's display purpose (laughs) only.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I've been doing a fair bit of bench down at the gym lately, but my strength when it comes to bench has never been a a strength of mine. During my rugby career, I was of a decent build but my mates used to call me baby chest because like I had like pretty big arms and like lats and shoulders, but my chest was always small. So, you know, I'm just out there working on my chest, big <laughs> dreams, small <laughs> habits are not big dreams. Yeah. Small yeah. habits are not big chests. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm working on, working progress.
1: <laughs> Lifetime. What about the rest of the day? So that's like your morning, but yeah. is it a case of like, if you get the morning right, the rest of the day takes care of itself? Well, one other thing that like, I, this
0: one for me, if you know me, people be surprised by this, but like, I used to hate the idea of having a a financial budget where like I have absolute clarity on like how much money I would like to spend in certain things, you know, like coffee, food, like entertainment, clothes, et cetera. And because for me, I sort of looked at that as like, oh, that's restricting. I wanna have freedom. And I was like, I'll I'll make good decisions. I just wanna have freedom. And I don't wanna live like a stringent sort of like life like that with money. Now, actually my view on that has like taken a drastic shift because what I've realized is by implementing a financial budget and understanding like how much money, like my goal amount to spend each month in each of those areas, to stay in line with that budget it's actually provided such clearer decision making and like how i live my life and so what i didn't realize when i was just like oh no i don't want that because i just want to be able to i don't want to feel restricted i want to do what i want often i was like buying food or clothes or things that i actually really didn't like weren't the best for me or i didn't need or even really want And I think, like, oftentimes these things can become like distractions or or mechanisms depending on how our mood is or our feeling is if we're not aware. Mm -hmm. And by implementing a budget has helped me become so much more clear minded around my decision making. And then, when my decision making on how I'm living my life by like what I'm spending my money on has provided less clutter because actually, What I've learned is when you buy something that you don't really want or need, it creates like this sort of clutter in your mind of like, oh, fuck, that was a bit of waste. But then we deny it and it's just this underlying sense of clutter, which then leads to more poor decisions. So that is one that
1: I'm surprised myself about how much I'm really enjoying it and it's helping me. it's like a lot of things we probably discussed here by having that awareness you can make an informed choice Mm -hmm. so by having the awareness of your screen time you can make an informed choice of being like actually i'm going to say i'm going to limit myself to this amount of screen time or like for me like being able to track my sleep through my watch for me to have that awareness i can be like right i'm actually going to go to bed at 10 30 now because actually going to bed at 11 meant i actually stayed up later because of like cortisol or whatever reason. So just being aware of something means you can make better choices. And then again, that all feeds back into just like you feeling better about yourself. And that feeds into other things that you can start to implement with it just within your day. Yeah. And, and I reckon it comes back. Well, for
0: me, I can really speak to this is like, I have perceptions like, oh, I don't wanna budget because that's not me. Like, I don't wanna, I just wanna live freely. But I actually always had this underlying feeling like, bro, I'm like wasting money, man. Like, I don't need to buy half the shit I buy. But I would just deny that and I wouldn't want to look at it mm-hmm. and like confront it because I would have this thing like, no, nah, no, it's just not me. I am just want to live free. But actually, we if we have underlying feelings about things, we should have the bravery to just fucking look at it, man, and see where actually like how am I functioning? And is it truly of in service to me of who I am and how I want to live my life? And you'd be amazed, like, sometimes that's my one challenge to us all, including myself, continue going forward, is like just question yourself and don't take your narrative in your mind of your perception of yourself to be the most that or, or like the one that's in service to you most. Mm-hmm. Question it try and understand it, but can I upgrade that and that's one upgrade for me that I'm like I know for sure it was like helping my life so much more mm-hmm. so yeah I think if, if there's one thing we can take away from this is like question your narrative of yourself and can you upgrade it
1: Tune in next week for more finance advice.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely don't come to me. Anyway. Thirty-four years old, and I just started trying to figure out a budget. I've got too many pairs of shoes, so don't listen to us. Yeah. I'm just buy vlog- some of my old shoes on um, my wife's depot. <laughs> <laughs> um, right,
1: so that was. I think we came on and be like, yeah, this be a quick twenty-minute podcast, and we're an hour and fifteen. And passion, we're passionate. But- yeah, we've got yeah. a lot to say, but I yeah. think apart from that, that's pretty much the campaign in a rather large nutshell
0: yeah that's a good old-sized nutshell man. yeah <laughs> yeah so man, i'm excited nutshell. for us to bring it to life and i'm excited for how all of us
1: are like getting stuck into it already as a team so. yeah if you do join in and i think one of the, the cool things as well we're going to put out this template on social media you can use it you can post it on your own story with your list of goals but there's also going to be a send out within the products there's going to be a physical version of that that you can write them down pen and paper, real old school vibe and just like pin it on your wall. And I think that kind of thing, when you wake up in the morning, you see it and you're like, oh, these are the goals that I set myself. And for the first couple of weeks, it probably won't mean much to you, but maybe like three months down the line and you see it again you're like, oh yeah, I've said I was going to do that. And you've got all these little habits. I'd love to see those kind of things. And if you wanted to post that kind of stuff on social media or just message us, myself or Grayson, or just message us through the Pure Sport Instagram, like I'd really like to see people implementing these things and let us know how you're getting on because that's the reason we're doing this we're not doing this for ourselves we're doing it to see if people out there can optimize their life through the things that we're trying to put out into the world yeah get involved
0: there's a whole lot of shit out there trying to distract us from you know doing what's right for us and we're trying to provide a chance to actually be like nah let's shift that and yeah so if you made it this far thanks for listening to our yarns And we'll be back soon.
1: Peace.